Hundreds of people gathered at the state capitol recently to stand up against what they consider nothing less than the death of democracy. You and I know from the 3rd of November 2020 when we saw five states shut down their election count in the middle of the night, we all knew in our gut we had a problem there, you know, and so from a national security, national sovereignty perspective, we are on very, we're on a knife's edge, a, a razor's edge. It was a rally to support one woman, Tina Peters, the Mesa County clerk. Tina Peters is a political prisoner. She's, she is the Joan of Arc here in Colorado. She's the watchman on the wall that's, that's been trying to, to sound the alarm on this, and we gotta help her out. Peters is accused of doing something that a few years ago might have been unthinkable for a local election official, breaching the security of her own office's election equipment in search of proof of unprecedented voter fraud. It just made sense to make an image if you're going to upgrade your computer, right, and you're going to install some software, you go, well, I better back up what I've got in case I mess up or something, right? Well... They were going to mess up. They were going to delete some files off of my computer, uh, your computer, actually. So I just backed it up. And you know what's interesting? All the things, all the things that they accused me of back then are not even on the indictment. Her actions have made her a star of the national movement to discredit the 2020 presidential election. Enough so that Trump associate Mike Lindell was there to rally supporters on her behalf and to raise money for Peters in her campaign to be Colorado's next Secretary of State. I came to Colorado today because you have here in Colorado the key to the whole nation because you had a great county clerk, Tina Peters, that did her job. In the past year, Colorado has become a central front of the movement pushing false claims about the 2020 election. It spread from activists to clerk's offices and now into the midterm elections. And the situation is already having some very real consequences. This is Purplish, a podcast about Colorado politics and policy. I'm Andrew Kenny. And I'm Benta Brookland. Today, we're going to tell you the story of Tina Peters, how this first-term clerk in Western Colorado became a hero to the national forces pushing election conspiracy theories in a state that's long been praised for its accurate and secure elections. This story involves identity theft and leaked passwords, a South Dakota symposium of election conspiracy theorists, maybe even the guy behind QAnon. And it could result in changes to the rules that govern the people who administer Colorado's elections. I've been watching all of this unfold since the first hints of it broke last summer. And it's been a gripping story with an unbelievable number of twists and turns. And at its core, it reveals ways in which our election system is under incredible pressure from the outside and the inside. All right, so I realize like most of this started after the 2020 elections, 
but I kind of want to get a better sense of who this Tina Peters is. Like, give us somewhere to start. Yeah, so she was first elected in 2018, and she was a political newcomer. She didn't really campaign on running elections. Which is the job of the... <laughs> the position she wanted. Well, it's one of the jobs, but yeah. you know, she talked a lot about reopening closed DMV offices and reducing wait times, which is, you know, another thing the clerk's office is in charge of. She's a gold star mom, which is a big part of her identity and she she talks about it frequently. Hmm. Her son was a Navy SEAL and he died at an air show in a parachuting accident. So she runs on this issue that many people can agree on, on the MV stuff. Yes. She yeah. has her two years in office, but then we get to the 2020 election and this much more polarizing Tina Peters emerges uh, with President Trump's claims as this national conversation gets a lot more polarized, of course, that the election was stolen. Uh, do we know, like, was she on board with his claims that it was a rigged election from the start? Because he was talking about it even before November. It doesn't appear that she was. Shortly after the 2020 election, Peter signed off on the county's audit of the vote. Mm. So that's a process that confirms that the machines counting the paper ballots mm. counted those ballots correctly. Mm. And what's more, Peters actively defended the system for the next several months. Mm. The funny thing, the ironic thing is that in January, I actually went to Clerk Peters and said, hey, there's a lot of mistrust around this election. Why don't we go back and hand count 2020? That is Mesa County Commissioner Cody Davis. He's a Republican. He was elected in that election in 2020. As you can hear, he was getting a lot of pressure from people in the community who doubted the results of the election. Mm. Davis told me he just wanted Peters to do more to reassure people. Because we are paper ballots. Let's go back, hand count the entire thing, and just prove to the people that they can trust their elections. And it was actually Tina that talked me out of a hand count. She's the one that said we could actually trust our elections. She convinced me that our elections are completely trustworthy. She went through the entire process. So how she got from there to here, I will never know. So after the election, she's facing some pressure to go and revisit the results already. And she initially says, no, we don't need to do that. We don't need to go and do the hand count. But obviously, she does come to doubt the results and take some pretty dramatic action, as we'll hear. How did she come to believe that the machines in her own office were rigged? We don't know exactly why she changed course. She certainly did, as we're aware of now. The Washington Post did report about a meeting that happened in April. Hmm. Apparently, Tina Peters met with a man who was working with Mike Lindell. This man said to overturn Biden's election. And this person allegedly made a presentation to Peters about election fraud theories. That seems to have been part of, of what persuaded her potentially, because the Post reported that Peters also required her staff to attend a meeting with this person. With the person who was purveying these conspiracy theories coming from the national source. And that really shows how everything that has happened in Mesa County is connected to this larger national effort by followers of President Trump to discredit the 2020 election and Joe Biden's win. So what happened after she heard this theory and, and maybe started to believe in it? How soon after that was the alleged security breach in Mesa County? It wasn't that long. It was in late May. And so this happened during an annual update of the voting machine system. So this okay. is considered a routine update. Uh, it's a very secure process. Only a few people are allowed to be in their room. It's like uh, a software update? Yes, and it's, okay. it's people from the state, the county, and the voting machine company, but a very limited number of people. Mm -hmm. They're required to have a background check just to be there, and each county does an update. And this is really sensitive stuff. 
they're trying to keep it pretty limited because the architecture, how these machines work, if that gets out, it could kind of compromise, from what I understand, the way the election system works. It could make it more vulnerable to attacks. Exactly. And Peters is accused of bringing in an unauthorized person into this secure area. Even now, almost a year later, no one has officially said who he was. A mystery person. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And and this mystery person made copies of the hard drives and attended the software update, but actually under a different person's identity. So they're doing this complicated work or whatever it is, the once a year work to update these machines. And this person shows up under what, like a fake name? Yes. And that's one of the things Peters is accused of is identity theft for using the name of a local man and getting an ID badge under this local man's name and introducing this mystery person as that man and representing that false identity to the state officials. Wow, that's much more spycraft than you uh, usually hear about in county elections operations. And then what, when did he actually, I, I think I read the copy was made like on a Sunday night and that beforehand somebody in the office had turned off the security cameras that are watching over this election equipment? Yep, that's right. And those cameras are, are typically on. Huh. So that was one thing that came out of this. We know all of these details about this unknown person who attended the build under the false name and everything else. We know these details because of all the legal filings that have come out of this case. Uh, there was also a state lawsuit that prevented Peters from overseeing the 2021 election. Hmm. And more recently, state criminal charges that she's facing for what she allegedly did. So again, Peters is accused of letting someone copy her county's voting machines, hard drives, and take pictures of the passwords, which are giant security no-nos. And I know we're going to get into what happened to all that material and how all of this came into public view. But first of all, why? Why would anyone do that? Like, what is there to be gained? What could she and this unknown person allegedly be looking for? Peters says she was searching for proof that the election was stolen by one voting machine company in particular, Dominion Voting Systems. My job is to listen to the people that I serve. And I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican, unaffiliated, Libertarian, Green Party, I don't care what um, affiliation you are, everyone should be um, concerned if there is something going on with these voting systems and tabulators. Everyone should be. We're going to take a bit of a detour for a moment from Peter's story into yet another way Colorado is playing a starring role in national election conspiracy theories. Oh boy. So Dominion Voting Systems is based in Denver. It's a Colorado company that has now become central to false theories about the 2020 election being rigged. Hmm. And one of the most damaging claims started here in Colorado. Yeah, I'm pretty familiar with the person at the center of that. He's a right-wing podcaster named Joe Oltman from Douglas County. Uh, he's generated some attention because he talks a lot about some of his political enemies being hanged for treason. Anyway, he claims he infiltrated a call by a quote-unquote Denver Antifa in which he said a man who identified himself as a Dominion employee reassured the others that Trump would not win the election. And then someone interrupts and says, what are we going to do if effing Trump wins? 
And uh, he responds with, and I'm going to paraphrase this because obviously I didn't write exactly what he wrote, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is don't worry about the election. Trump is not going to win. I made effing sure of that. Ha ha ha. By the way, it's a claim that has, doesn't have any documentation behind it. There's no recording. There's no names. There's no other witnesses besides Altman saying this. Right. He took some notes you know, uh, when he was listening to the call, he said, but you know, there's not audio. You're right. But the claim got amplified by national outlets that are conservative and allies of President Trump, OAN, Newsmax. And it became this big part of the false story about election fraud, that Dominion rigged the election for Biden. Altman says Coomer had the title and the power to exercise his vitriol through Dominion. If Coomer is investigated and found to have indeed tampered with a presidential election, such an action could be tried for treason. And I'll mention that Dominion vehemently denies all of this and is now suing a lot of people and media organizations who spread this claim for defamation. Okay, but that false theory has obviously been pretty powerful. If Peters was acting on it, what was she looking for or the people she was working with? Like, what did they think, again, was on those hard drives? They were looking for evidence of how they believe the voting machines might have been used to take votes from Trump. Hmm. And to add an extra layer onto these theories, they believed the trusted bill, that annual software update, Mm -hmm. was being used to hide the evidence. So this evidence that Dominion was flipping votes. Brief recap, there's a conspiracy theory that this Denver-based election company, company whose equipment is used in most of Colorado's counties and in a lot of other states too, stole the election for Biden. And Peters, when she helped make these hard drive copies, believed that she was preserving evidence of that gigantic fraud. And it's important to say that outside cyber experts who've looked at a report on the contents of those hard drives say they see no evidence of vote changing and that the files that were erased were not part of the official election record. But there are still a lot of people who believe something happened with those Dominion machines. Okay, let's fast forward. You said that Peters made these hard drive copies back in late May of 2021, but what she allegedly did didn't become public until later that summer. And I still remember it vividly. Members of the media got an email from the Democratic Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, Uh uh, that her office was investigating a potential election security breach in Mesa County. Republican County Clerk Tina Peters is being ordered by our Democratic Secretary of State, Jenna Griswold, to step away from the voting system. Like, literally, she is not supposed to log on to the voting system until her office can explain how their passwords ended up on the Internet. Yeah, that's pretty dramatic stuff as far as what comes through our email inbox. So what were you thinking, Benta? I'd say at first it was you know, somewhat mysterious and pretty yeah. confusing. It wasn't clear what had happened or what Peters was accused of. Because none of this was public. Like, we had been totally in the dark pretty much until now about this stuff. And Peters had been in the news for some things, but basically, by and large, you know, most people didn't know who Tina Peters was yeah. in the media. So we're just trying to confirm whatever details we can and, and figure out what's going on. Yeah. Everyone wanted to talk to Peters, of course, and see what she was saying. Mm-hmm. But it turned out Peters wasn't in Colorado. You know, on the day that this email went out about the investigation, she was actually attending an election conspiracy theory conference, a cybersecurity symposium hosted by Mike Lindell. Ah, you have the pillows. Yes, yes. 
And so the first way anyone heard Peter's side of things, her defense of her actions, uh-huh. was actually from the stage at that symposium. When I started having citizens come to me and tell me that something didn't seem right, something didn't seem right in our local uh, city council elections, something didn't seem right in our county from years ago to the 2020 election, and they wanted answers. And I said, you know what? If there's a there, there, we'll find it. And I've made that pledge to the citizens of Mesa County and all over Colorado that the people elected me, not the, not the Secretary of State. And Peters immediately went on the offense, accusing the investigation of being a political attack and framing her even, hmm. because Griswold is a Democrat and Peters uh-huh. is a Republican. Mesa County is on the uh, western slope of Colorado, and we are the last bastion of freedom in Colorado. So we would be a big jewel in our governor and our secretary of state's crown to take over my office and control the way you vote. How do you like that? Okay, so dramatic stuff. She's at the symposium directly addressing what's unfolding publicly now about, you know, this alleged taking of the information from the voting machines. And then did the hard drive images then become part of this symposium? Were they dissecting them and analyzing them at this event? So it's not that clear from stories I've read about the Mike Lindell Symposium. The files were discussed briefly by Ron Watkins, and he's a famous figure in in this world. Mm -hmm. But then he actually stopped himself as he's discussing it Mm -hmm. because apparently his lawyer called. And he said uh, that I should put out the statement and... I just learned that Conan James Hayes may have taken, without authorization, the actual hard drives from the Mesa County, or the Mesa, Colorado County Clerk, and he needs to produce those hard drives immediately and return them to the clerk. And we should stop this data review until he produces the hard drives. Wow, you can tell you're kind of getting into fraught legal territory when you have an attorney watching your every move and calling you up in real time to change what you're saying. But Ron Watkins, by the way, believed to be one of the people closely connected to the QAnon conspiracy theory, the uh, the creation and spreading of it, right? Yeah, that's right. Journalists who followed that conspiracy theory have found evidence that Ron Watkins may have written many of the posts from this figure Q at the center of that theory. Repeat that. Ron, Ron, did you just say... Everybody, this is important. Quiet, quiet. Yeah, this is really important, guys. It's important, it's important. Everybody quiet. Ron, did you just say that someone took all of the hard drives from Mesa County office just now? Uh, So what I said was, I just learned that Conan James Hayes may have taken, without authorization... The actual hard drives from the Mesa, Colorado County Clerk. And what stands out here to me is it's clear Watkins is concerned about whether someone's broken the law getting this data from the Mesa County voting machine hard drives out to the public. Mm-hmm. And that seems to be the last. It really comes up at this cybersecurity event. That's Watkins and Peters in South Dakota at the symposium. Meanwhile, back in Colorado, there's this investigation into what Peters may have done. It's just getting started. What happens next? Where does it go from there? So, yeah, Peters is in South Dakota. Colorado officials want to question her 
Um, and, and she was gone for weeks, not in South Dakota the entire time, though. Mm-hmm. In fact, Mike Lindell said he was essentially hiding Peters in Texas. Wow. So that, that was another whole thing, like, where where is Peters? Um, you know, she eventually did come back to Colorado. <laughs> and the investigation really didn't go quickly. I mean, the FBI uh, eventually raided her house. Wow. And in the fall, looking for evidence. Finally, in early March, a grand jury returned charges against Peters and her deputy, including a bunch of felonies for the security breach. And Peters is now awaiting trial. And a lot of this is going back again to the copying of those hard drives and how it happened. Right. It's it's that incident and everything surrounding it. Um, there's other things, too. But yes, that's exactly right. And I, I think even in the early stages of this whole thing, when we mm-hmm. didn't know what, how it was going to evolve, it was clear that whatever was going on in Mesa County didn't just impact Mesa County. It had implications for Colorado's 63 other counties and, frankly, for elections across the country. One thing that is notable about this case is that a lot of the underlying facts aren't disputed. So Peters has admitted to doing some of the things she's accused of, but she believes she had every right to take the actions she did. Hmm. Justified. Yes. And she she attends rallies like the one at the state capitol we started this episode with. And she also speaks to supporters in smaller settings. And what I've heard at those events is that these supporters really, really back her. Thank you from the bottom of my heart for what you're doing for future generations. Thank you, Tina, for all that you're doing. I can't say how much I admire you. Thank you so much for your service. I mean, your story is just... It's a movie that I'm sorry that I had to, you had to go through. We need you there to protect our clerks because we know that you will because you've done everything possible to go through every fire possible to protect us. Wow. Uh, it makes me think it's like Donald Trump was talking about rigged elections back in 2016 and then more intensely in 2020. He lost and you can see how that has sown the seeds where people are now prepared to believe that Tina Peters is sacrificing herself to save America. Because if that's your worldview, that it really was stolen, then I guess that's how you see someone who's taking these dramatic actions like Peters is. That's kind of the through the looking glass thing here. Mm. On her side, Peters supporters, you're right, you know, absolutely believe she did what was right. Mm. And they feel like she's being persecuted for doing the right thing. Uh, People who have not been persuaded by that, who think she did the absolute wrong thing, and that includes a lot of Republicans, just find this this whole thing crazy. Uh, Officials in her county, and they're all Republicans, by the way, everyone, they've really been in the other corner, criticizing what Peters did and all the trouble and expense it's brought to the county. Uh, They've said the audits and data show the elections were secure and accurate. Now, I I do want to say Commissioner Cody Davis... You know, he was the one who wanted Peters to hand count the 2020 ballots. And, and early on, he said he was open to hearing her perspective on things, what she found, what her supporters thought. But by the time I talked with him last December, he was convinced that there was no there there. At some point, yeah, you're going to have to start ignoring because it today has brought zero evidence of Dominion ever changing votes, like zero. Um, so at some point, you're going to have to say, unless you guys bring me something new, unless something else arises, some actual evidence that rises to the level of fraud actually exists or is brought forward, we've got to move on. Wow. Um, You know, to draw a little bit of a contrast here, 
you know, in the run up to 2020 election and right afterward, we heard a lot from state and county Republican officials saying that no matter what you're hearing about the national election, you can trust your state and local system. And that's still the case. Tina Peters is an outlier for sure. But at the same time, there is, I don't know, a bit of a dynamic there. I can't imagine like a Republican county commissioner would enjoy, like we just heard, having to go up against a Tina Peters when he knows that she has supporters who are so dedicated, who really believe this stuff, when she has supporters like the ones that, you know, we've just heard from. Yeah, that's right. And these supporters live in his county. They're a lot of the people elected him to be county commissioner. Um, And we know it's kind of beyond just, you know, voters as well. People back Tina who are in higher profile positions. So we have another Republican clerk in Albert County (laughs) who copied his voting machine hard drive. The state is investigating it, but it would appear that the clerk was more cautious there with the information. So I I don't expect it to be as explosive as what we're talking about here with Peters. But um, there are Republican county commissioners as well who are suing Colorado's secretary of state over the election system. And then at least a couple of counties are rethinking whether to continue using Dominion voting machines. And it's going to be an election issue, too, in this 2022 midterm that we really just launched off on. Uh, We've got some really high-profile election underminers running for office. State Representative Ron Hanks is in the Republican Senate primary. He, for example, pretended to shoot a Dominion voting machine, which was actually an old printer or copier or something, in one of his campaign videos. Mm -hmm. And, of course, there was also the big surprise announcement earlier this year that Tina Peters herself has decided to run against Jenna Griswold for Secretary of State, which, wow, that's complicated. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Yeah. So Peters is in a primary race. So yes, if she, you know, she's, you know, vying to be the state's top elections official. While the state's top elections official is part of an investigation of her. Yeah. Of her handling of elections. Yeah. Just, yep. Keep going, Andy. No. <laughs> but yeah. Um, and, and in some Republican counties, there are a few candidates for clerk and recorder who appear to be sympathetic to what Peters did. Mm. And they and they believe the Dominion voting machines are corrupt. Mm. And they, they want to go back to the kind of voting system we've seen Republicans in some other states push, and that's hand counts, in-person voting. Which is a suggestion that is not bulletproof because there's been plenty of fraud historically in hand-counted or in-person voted elections. But anyway, that all really suggests trouble for the system where you have people in the job of running elections who really don't believe in the current system of running elections and who think that it has some deep corrupt flaw or who say at least that it has some deep corrupt flaw that has to be weeded out. Like that seems to be an impossible situation. I've heard from some of the sitting clerks that they're definitely watching these races in in a few counties around Colorado, and they're concerned about who might come out of some of these Republican primaries. The clerks who are worried aren't all Democrats. You know, most of them are Republicans. And we found these clerks at odds with the voters and activists in their own party. It raises the specter, too, of like Tina Peters seemed to really dig into this election conspiracy theory after the 2020 election. What happens in a 2022 or a 2024 where you've got clerks maybe not cooperating or not running things the standard way during the election. That feels like a very different question than what happened in 2020 even. Election law, the stuff governing all this, is set at the state level. Mm -hmm. I know state lawmakers, especially Democrats, have been really paying attention to this whole Tina Peters saga. 
and they, I want to talk about, they, they've come up with a bill that addresses some of their concerns about it, right? Yep, that's right. Democratic Senate President Steve Fenberg, he's the main sponsor of this bill. And many parts of it correspond actually to things Peters is alleged to have done. For yep. instance, she directed staff to turn off video surveillance of voting equipment. This bill requires that the cameras stay on at all times. Um, copies of Mesa County's hard drives, the voting machine passwords, those ended up online. If this bill passes, that would now be a felony. So it'd be a felony to share those passwords, which kind of amazing that it's not already. Anyway, what do, what do Republican lawmakers say when you talk to them about this? They're generally opposed, and, and it's worth noting that the bill passed the state Senate with Democratic support and only one Republican yes vote. Kevin Briola? Yes, actually, yep. Yeah. He's one of the most moderate Republicans for people who are familiar with the legislature. Yeah, and yeah. Um, so now this bill is in the House, and you know Democrats control that chamber, so I expect this bill to pass the legislature, but there's kind of a like, tricky political dynamic there with Republicans. What is it? Well, I mean, first off, we, as, as we've mentioned, you can't take the politics out of this situation. So you've got Peters running for Secretary of State, being investigated by Jenna Griswold, who is the current Secretary of State, and Democrats are in charge of the legislature. Democrats are pushing this bill. The Secretary of State really supports this bill. Yep. And so that kind of puts Republicans on edge. A lot of them feel that the Secretary of State is partisan and they disagree with her on a lot of other issues separate from Peters. Um, and I talked to Matt Soper. He's a relatively moderate Republican in the House. He represents most of Mesa County in the legislature. Mm. So a lot of Tina Peters constituents. He said he does like some things in the bill, you know, increased security for voting equipment and increased security around who can access voting equipment. But he doesn't think the state should necessarily be writing brand new policy for this one incident in Mesa County, especially when we don't know how it's all going to play out legally yet. And he also said it's tough for him personally just because he represents so many people who have such strong feelings about what Peters did. I have close friends who fully support Tina. I have other constituents who believe she should immediately be locked up without a trial. And I'm more of the perspective of, hey, let's step back. We have a criminal justice process that's actually working. And let's see what happens. I uh, guess I have more the let's observe type approach. All right, so that's Matt Soper. What do Colorado's election officials think of this bill? The county clerks, he said, Secretary of State's pushing it. What about the people who run these elections since it is kind of aimed at them? Right. They'd be most impacted by it. And the Colorado County Clerks Association has been vehemently in support of this bill. They did a press conference at the state capitol before the first hearing, and they, they strongly back it. And one thing I've heard from clerks from across the political spectrum, um, you know, most of our clerks are Republicans. They said that they want clerks and people running elections to have more information about how the system works. And they think that the less information you have, the more susceptible you are to, quote, bad actors who are mm. trying to discredit the election. So that's how some of them framed Peters. As being being more susceptible. Yes. They said low information. A low information clerk is mm. what I've heard a number of them say. Um, you know, she she's going to disagree with that, but that's just how they're framing it. And they said that. They like that this bill requires more education and training and more requirements for people who will be overseeing elections. So to wrap up this episode, here we are, what, 10 or 11 months after Tina Peters let someone, and we've been saying allegedly, but she did 
admit to this part, copy the hard drives of her voting equipment, right? Yep. And now she's facing state criminal charges. There's also still a federal investigation ongoing, which we didn't even have time to get into. Now there are concerns that other counties could elect clerks with the same views who might refuse to follow state election rules or might take similar actions and kick off even more investigations and forever ongoing politicking, investigating. And now there's a Democratic bill meant to head some of that off by making the things that Tina Peters did even more illegal. And what makes this whole story, you know, I guess, even more unusual for, from my perspective is <laughs> that for most of my years covering Colorado politics, the stories we've done about our elections uh, were about how secure they are. So back when people were worried about electronic voting machines getting hacked, yep. Colorado was using paper ballots and making sure that every vote had a paper ballot trail. Yep. So you can audit that. Um, that was well before 2020. And in talking about the audits, we were the first state to require what's called a risk limiting audit after each election. And that's to be sure that the equipment tallying the paper ballots worked properly. Yeah, you know, the states come under fire by people that don't like mail voting, but the truth is that that paper ballot system is very secure and, and, and is renowned as such. We've heard over and over that the state has the gold standard for elections. Right, and even though we're an all-mail ballot state, it, that's not totally true because people can also vote in person. So you have a lot of options. You can vote in person on yep. election day if, if you want to. And so it's been a real reversal to suddenly have a lot of people, voters and some local officials that we've talked about, Peters, completely lose faith in this process and to try to work to dismantle it. But also, Colorado wasn't really that important to the 2020 election. You know, we were not a swing state. Mm -hmm. Biden won here by a large margin. So I, I think it kind of shows how widespread the effects of all these claims from President Trump and his allies of a stolen election are. A state you might have every reason to think is outside of the fray, and yet here we are, deeply embroiled in it. So before we go, Andy, I, I do want to bring it back to just Tina Peters herself. Um, I've been covering this a lot. I haven't had a lot of opportunities to talk to her directly. I've, I've heard a lot from her, and she's certainly very vocal about what she's thinking about all of this. Um, but what I've heard from a lot of other elected officials, you know, they've been very shocked that this was happening here, and especially the clerks, because it's a, it's a close group and they work together and they're all essentially doing the same job. I recently talked to Gilbert Ortiz, and he's the current president of the Colorado Clerks Association. He's a Democrat. He's from Pueblo. And he said about a week ago, he had the chance to talk to Tina. And he used this moment to try to convince her that what she was doing is wrong. And I told her, you know, I feel like you're being used because you don't know um, your, you know, your, your system very well. And, and they got you. And now you're doubled down. You're doubling down on everything, and every day, every time you double down, you're adding possibly years to your sentence. You know what are you what are you thinking? What are you doing? And one reason I wanted to play that clip is because I've heard so many people as I've been covering this say, like, if I could talk to Peters, I would ask her. You know, why are you doing that? You know, he kind of encapsulated what a lot of people have said they would want to say to Tina. Um, and, and I did ask him, uh, you know, when he's saying this to Peters. What did she say? And he said it was like talking to a brick wall is how he described it. Um, and that she then accused him and the other clerks of being the ones who are brainwashed. She doesn't hesitate by just going straight into her 
dialogue that she's practiced over, you know, like it's her stump speech or something that she's practiced over and over again in the last six months uh, to the press and, and said over and over again. And it's just sad. It's a sad state of affairs for sure. Peters has said that she's going to continue telling her story and why she thinks she did the right thing and that she, she doesn't plan to stop, you know, no matter what charges may come her way. I think that's what's baffled them more than anything else is that they can't control me. They can't shut me up. They can't, you know, get me to back down. And I, I believe her that I do not think she will back down. And this case looks like it's eventually headed for trial. And we still have the federal case pending. We could see additional charges from the federal government. That is it for this week's episode. Purplish is a production of member-supported Colorado Public Radio. Learn about becoming a member and join today at CPR.org. I'm Andrew Kenny. And I'm Benta Berkland. Purplish is edited by Megan Verlee and produced by Shane Rumsey. We'll be back in your podcast feeds in two weeks. So if you're not already following us, sign up to make sure you don't miss it. You can reach us by email at purplish at cpr.org. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate us or leave us a review. It helps new listeners find us. This is Purplish from CPR News.